Hello Giants fans and welcome back to the Giants Podcast UK on the First and Ten Network. I'm joined today by Sam and Wes and we're going to go over the Packers game, look ahead to the Eagles game and sort of have a look at the, some head coaching options who could potentially replace Pat Schumer and hopefully do a better job. Not that that would be very difficult. Uh, I'm going to start off with Wes. How are you doing mate? Not too bad, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, good. Uh, how about you sir? Yeah, not so bad. Uh, nice to see Wes back with us again this week. Thank you very much. Yeah. Good to be back. Yeah, good to have you back, Sam. So, the Giants coming off of uh, loss to the Packers. Uh, no real news there. You know, I think we could all pretty much safely assume we're going to lose to the Packers. They're very much a, a contender for the NFC Championship. You know, and as we are, we're currently battling for the number one pick. So, uh Where's what you thoughts on the game? Um, I don't think we ever really looked like. I, I just felt to me watching the game that we just didn't, never really looked in it. I, I know it was close for a while, but I never once thought, yeah, we could win this game. I don't know if you guys felt the same watching it, but it just felt like it was never going to happen. Yeah, yeah I mean, there's always just sort of an overlying pessimism whenever yeah, the like, Giants are playing. Even even on the first drive, I was I was sat there like I, I know we moved the ball and everything, but I was just sitting in my living room thinking, but we're having to we're having to get to fourth down every time to to achieve a first down. Do you know, what I mean we're having to use all four downs. He's going for it um, in our own half and stuff like that. Like so, even even off the first drive, I wasn't even confident based off that. I, 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 my only real takeaway from the game was sort of just looking at some of the rookies and hoping for. Uh, hoping for some improvement. That was that was all I was hoping for, really. Mm-hmm. I think it was, there's yeah. some crazy stat, isn't there, where um, if the opposition scores first, Sherman's like, I think, is it 1-10 one in, one in or 1-11? in 11? I think it, it's well, something that, along those I lines, mean, anyway. It's, it's really poor when the opposition that, scores the first touchdown. That just goes poor. to show, really, you know, the, the main role of a coach is when you're down, get your team back into it. And but, if, if he's one and ten or whatever you say, there's clearly yep. evidence suggests that he's not capable of doing that. I mean, not to be Captain Buzzkill over here, but the the record's so bad. I think that stat's almost pointless, isn't it? Whether, <laughs> whether <laughs> maybe, we, maybe yeah. Whether <laughs> we score, whether they score first or we score first, we lose the game. Like it makes the odds, <laughs> doesn't <true>. it? <laughs> That's a fair point, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They might as well just turn yeah. it off after the first touchdown. Game over. Yeah, done. like just like Ollie was saying last week, just watch it on red zone. Like, I mean, most of the highlights will be from the other team, but you will see you'll see odd highlights from us. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's with the thing, the thing is, especially with red zone, you can actually watch some good teams. As uh... yeah, um, one of the positives I did take away was uh, uh, Aldrick Rojas. Sorry, much better. Yes, indeed, like three, especially three in the snow. Three, three, exactly, difficult conditions in Meadowlands, uh, the snow, and then you'd have to factor in horrendous wind that would have been with that snow. And yeah, he was two for two from field goals and then one uh, extra point from the touchdown as well. So um, we've been quick to slate him, so we've got, to be, we've got to praise him when he has a good game as well. So hopefully he can carry that through the rest of this year. Um, yeah. I think Holver coming in helped that as well, obviously, with Diossi going to um, IR. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, I would have to admit, you know, I was saying last week, Rosas, you know, he had, he had a bad string of games. 
and I was thinking maybe we should get rid of him. Uh, he's clearly shown that he's still, you know, got some of that Pro Bowl form that he showed last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, as as for negatives from the game, um, obviously Jones went down with a high ankle sprain. Um, it's looking like he's going to be out for Sunday's game. Not sure yet. Uh, but it does look like Eli Manning is going to get the start. Yeah, and I think as you both know, I do have man love for Eli Manning. And so I am pretty chuffed <laughs> with that, to be fair. I think he, over the last few years, he's maybe got a bit of a harsh rap because the Giants have just been so terrible. But, uh, you know, I'll I'm, t- I'll t- I'm glad I'll tell that you what, potentially we get, we get to say goodbye. Yeah, 100%. And I'll tell you what, I think a lot of the people that were like very quick to lay all of the blame on Eli Manning's feet, um, I think those people are having to eat their words at the minute because... It's patently obvious to anyone that we're the worst team in the league. So, yep. um, like, absolutely, you you, uh, you cannot blame you cannot blame Eli Manning for the woes that the Giants are going under at the minute. Nope, exactly, um, and it's just been poor from from for a long time, um, both general management wise and coaching wise. So, yeah, I think he's got a harsh rap for the last few years, considering he's won yeah, two Super Bowls. Yeah, I know. I know. I personally have been, you know, a big supporter of Eli. The last few years, you know, I've uh, I, I've never really blamed him for the struggles that we've had, um, and it's kind of coming to fruition now that you know we brought Jones in, and whilst Jones is playing better, uh, it's not you know leading to much better results. So yeah, hundred percent. Nope. Like I, I think the the logical conclusion you can draw from the Giants at the minute is yes Daniel Jones uh, looks like he could potentially be a better quarterback than Eli Manning the fumbling needs to be fixed otherwise he's, we've got Jameis Winston but he looks like he, he looks like he, he could be a better quarterback than Eli Manning but Eli Manning is not the reason the Giant, uh, the New York Giants have been a bad football team um, the New York Giants have been a bad football team because we've been badly run uh, from a ownership, a GM, and a coaching point of view since probably 2012. Sorry, so when you say Daniel Jones looks like a better quarterback than Guy Manning, are we talking careers here? Or? I'm talking. I'm talking over his career. If Daniel Jones um, can figure out cover two shell looks so that he doesn't throw picks against him all the time and he doesn't fumble the ball in the pocket. Bear in mind, I think part of the problem with Daniel Jones and the fumbling is at left tackle and at right tackle, we've got nobodies in there who can't block to save their lives. And so he's getting blindside hit. I think that's part of the problem. But if Daniel Jones doesn't fix the problem, then five years down the line, we could be in Tampa Bay situation where we're saying on his day, this guy's amazing. But on a bad day, he's going to cost us a game. So do you do you sign him? Like, that's the worst situation we could be in with Daniel Jones. The best situation we could be in is we've got a quarterback that can throw into extremely tight coverage, uh, is athletic so he can move in the pocket and outside of the pocket, uh, and it would probably be uh, up there as one of the best quarterbacks in his division with Dak Prescott and Carson Wentz. Like, we'd be competing in the division with that quarterback. But it's our, it's one or the other to be honest yeah it does seem like uh, just from his week to week performances it does seem to be one extreme to the other yeah but um, you know it, he's, he's showing promise and I, I feel like uh, saying he's looking better than Eli 
I'm, I, I'm not quite willing to commit to that yet. I mean, he does have uh, the record passing yards for a Giants rookie uh, from this season, having just overtaken that from the Packers game. But I, I don't. I'm not please, sure. I'm please don't take. Commit. Please don't take it as a slight on Eli Manning. Um, in any way. Eli Manning is the greatest quarterback in the Giants franchise history. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer and I am incredibly proud that he played for the team that I support. I'm not knocking Eli Manning in the slightest, but the modern NFL game dictates that you cannot have just a, a quarterback like Eli Manning who stands in the pocket as he does. Like you need You need a mobile quarterback who can throw down the field, can throw into tight coverage, but can also run as well. Like that's just the modern NFL. That's why that's what I mean by a better quarterback in that sense. And also, Eli Manning, most clutch quarterback in the playoffs you'll ever see. Like he was incredible. But we do have to factor in the context that he led the league in interceptions twice or two or three times over his career. Like as much as he'd he'd make the the amazing throw to Manningham and or uh, the one down the sideline. Um, he also would throw insane picks where you can't you can't like cover for him. You can't justify them. So yeah, I think Daniel Jones could be a better quarterback than Eli Manning, but it's not a knock on Eli Manning. Yeah, I, I mean, we we need to see Jones, like you said, coming back in those fourth quarter games and, and just being ice under pressure and then when we start to see that then maybe but I do t- funny you talk about the mobile quarterbacks actually because I was speaking to a friend of mine during the week and I said that that is now dying out the pocket passes like Breeze um, like like you've had well, I mean Borges obviously can, can move around a bit but the pure pocket passes like Rivers I think quarterbacks like that are, are yeah Brady are, are on the decline Name, because, tell, because what's tell, coming through from college are more mobile tell me and, that tell me the active quarterbacks in the nfl that are just pure pocket passes that don't move that you would put straight into your team now and you'd say you'd rather have them i would give you drew Brees, and that's it um joe flacco the Buc- yeah. broncos are bench tom brady as much as the offense as a whole is a problem in new england um, Tom Brady does not look like the same Tom Brady. Um, Philip Rivers, I mean, who's going to justify Philip Rivers at the minute? Have you watched Chargers games this year? Um, and he, and you know, he's clearly shown that he was the third best quarterback out of that draft class. One hundred percent. Big Ben's done his Big Ben's done his elbow. We have no idea whether he's going to a come back or b be the same quarterback. So, you mean you're, you're telling me that Fitzmagic wouldn't get in here, Daniel Jones? Are you kidding me? I mean, but but the thing with Fitzmagic yeah. is he's gonna he's he's gonna win you four games a year, hundred percent, and he'll look like the best quarterback in the whole league over those yeah, four games. Exactly. But uh, at four games, the next four games, he will look like some guy they found in the yeah. stadium before the game. Yeah, yeah, so, no, I was being t- I was being t- yeah. cheek, but yeah, yeah, I totally agree, I agree with what you're saying. But I, I, think that, I like, love Fitzmagic. I love him. Yeah, yeah, same here. But they are we are going away from that from that quarterback we're going away from this basically it's going to be one or two quick reads you, you can't go through your full progression anymore because the defenses are getting too good now i think the athleticism on the defensive side of the ball is is just phenomenal now and i don't think you're going to get that time anymore so no. once your first read or your second read's gone you're going to be moving and trying to get out of the pocket there's there's not enough talent on the offensive lines in any team 
for you to have a guy that stands in the pocket for three to five seconds and delivers darts down the field. It's just, yeah. it's not possible. The, the Ravens have the best line in the league, but it's because they're putting three tight end sets in. So they've got, like, they, they've always got extra blockers on people. So the only person that could legit stand in the pocket for three to five seconds is Lamar Jackson. And he's not even doing that because he's running everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, no, I yeah, that's fair enough. I think I will just about let that. Uh, comparison to Eli slide, but um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait 10, 15 years and see how it goes. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's, it, it's it's a way in the future conversation. Yeah, we have to build this O line though. We have to have to. We, we just need to look at Dallas and see what they've done over the last few years with their O line. That has to be the priority over anything else. Now, it, it, you've got to protect your quarterback. Yeah, exactly. Everything else, everything else the, is secondary. Speaking of the O line hampering the rest of the team. Uh, Saquon Barkley managed to get 75 plus rushing yards for the first time since week two against the Packers. Uh, he's, he still hasn't managed to get 100 rushing yards um, since then. And uh, he's, I mean, it, it's just what, uh, clearly evident every week that he just gets uh, bull rushed by two or three defenders before he can even make a few steps. Uh, yeah, um, I mean, statistically, last year, we uh, the O-line was <clears throat> blocking for 4.9 yards per carry, uh, whereas this year it's only 4.7. So, obviously, the O-line's worse than it was last year, not better. Um, despite the Zeitler trade and despite the fact that I think he's a good player and he's one of the few on the line that I like. Um, but I, Barkley's probably still not totally healthy, really. Um the line's been so poor. Um, I think the main reason he got as many rushing yards as he did last week was because of the snow. Um, so we were naturally going to the run more. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I've, I, I think it's just we've got to spend serious draft capital on both the offensive line and the defensive line. Like You win football games in the trenches, not with fancy wide receivers. Um, uh that's where that's where this team's got to spend all of its money, whether it's yeah. in free agency or in the draft. Like, it yeah. we're so broken in the trenches. We're so broken. Can someone tell me why Barkley's still getting like ninety odd percent of the snaps? Well, because I, I don't get it. What he, what benefit does it? We know, you know, we're ten, we're two and ten. Sherman's coaching for his job, mate. He's gonna have. He's got. He's gonna have Barkley in there. Like. I mean, at this point in the season, why not just use Gorman? I like him as a back. Why not give him more snaps? But look, the guy's coaching for his job, so he's going to have um, Saquon in there, isn't he? Yeah. That, the thing so. for me is, if Pat Schumer was, like, really wanted to prove that he deserved this job, he should put Gorman in and show, look, it's not the running back. I can, you know, make this offense work. Being, you know, he is an offensive coordinator originally, he should be able to, you know, come up with something with the backup running back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, given the NFL's, one of its favourite phrases is next man up. Uh, there seems to be a total reluctance for the next man up, doesn't it? Yep. yep. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, your job, especially in the NFL with so many injuries, is to be able to adapt when these situations arise, and you should just show no ability to do that. 
Yeah, and I think that that's both sides of the ball. You know, we continue to to, and they just it's obviously not working because we're still getting getting torched or you know you're getting long third. How many long? How many third and longs did the Green Bay have? And they converted just because there was always always space um, for a receiver and two three yards off the nearest tackler. That's crazy. Well, but he's, yeah, he's, he's mean, not changing. Nothing's Betch, changing. Betch is done, mate. Betch is gone. Um, I agree. In terms of in terms of these coaches as well, rather than as week in week out just having like our say on how bad Shermer and uh, and Betcher have been, how about we look at some possible head coaches for the New York Giants going forward? Because um, given Steve Tisch's comments this week, where uh, he said it's been a very frustrating season, at the end of the season, John Mar and I are going to get together and discuss the future. As partners, we have to be very honest with each other about where we see this team going in the, into the 2020 season. Uh, and then following that, on asked, when asked on Shermer, he said, those decisions and conversations are not going to be made this morning. It's really at the end of the season that John and I are going to sit down and talk about these issues. So I think it's fair to say that uh, there's a good chance there will be coaching changes in, at the end of the season. So um, how about we look at some of the potential candidates for the head coaching job of the New York football giants. Yeah, great. So, I mean, obviously the most obvious uh, option, uh, given the recent firing, Ron Rivera, uh, just being fired mm-hmm. as Panthers head coach. Uh, I think he'd be a great option. You know, he's a, you know, a part, of, part of that famous Bears defense uh, and clearly he knows what he's doing defensively. And uh, I feel like he'd be great to come on and sort out our defense. Yeah, Wes, what's your opinion on uh, Ron um, Rivera? And yeah, so I wasn't initially um, to. Uh, so it'd be great to bring an experience, a good defensive coach. I wasn't too keen on it. However, I did look at some of the, I guess, some of the seasons that he's had both with the Bears and with the Panthers. And, and like you said, the Bears' defense, I think he had them second rated and third rated for two years in a row in the year they won the Super Bowl. Um, their defense obviously was legit, uh, and then with the Panthers, he's also had this, he's he's had a couple of two or three um, very good seasons with them with their defense as well. But he's been very much I think he made the playoffs three I think it was like three years in a row. But he's been very much an up and down coach from year to year. So I don't think he's had a winning record for more than two seasons in a row. Yeah, no, so that was my a- only slight worry. But if Gettleman stays. Well, my money would be 99% on Rivera. I don't think they'll go with anyone else if, mm-hmm. if Gettleman's still there. Yeah, okay, that is so, another uh, thing is that it would make sense to reunite them as yeah. a, a former Panthers front office. 100%. So, um, so my thoughts on Ron Rivera. Um, I mean, I actually think he'd be a very good hire uh, for the New York Giants for several reasons, really. Um, first and foremost... There's two things anyone in the NFL always says about Ron Rivera is that he's an excellent coach, but he's also an excellent man as well. And that um, any player that's played under him has always respected him. Uh, I, I haven't, I haven't personally heard any person have a bad word to say about him. And I say that to say this: um, we clearly have a culture problem in the dressing room of the New York Giants. Um, that much is obvious when um, players have quit several years in a row like you see that with I mean we spoke about it in terms of Janoris Jenkins and tackling and stuff so I think Ron Rivera would fix the culture 
in the dressing room as well as fixing results on the field. Um, I also think, now you're absolutely right, Wes, in that he never uh, had back-to-back winning seasons. Um, but I would put some context in that he had his first-string quarterback go down several years. And uh, he's also playing in one of the tougher divisions in the NFL, in the NFC South. Um yeah. Because, I mean, you've obviously you've got the Panthers, who he turned into a perennial playoff team, really. Uh, but you also have the New Orleans Saints in that division with Sean Payton and Drew Brees. And you also um, have the Atlanta Falcons, who for a number of years had Kyle Shanahan uh, on the offense. Uh, he was doing magical things with Matt Ryan. So I, I would add that slight context. Um but, yeah, he's also, I mean, he's won Coach of the Year, what, two times? Uh, one of those times yeah. being, obviously, the 15-1 and one season with Cam's MVP year. But what isn't talked about enough with that MVP year is how good he had that Carolina defense playing. Um, I, think, I think he'd be an excellent hire for the New York Giants, personally. And, as you said, it would fit very well if they kept Gettleman because of some of his draft decisions, linking him back up with Rivera. Because, bear in mind... There was talk of Rivera getting sacked in 2012 with Carolina, but when Gettleman came in as the GM, he actually kept hold of Rivera, and subsequently they obviously had the 2015 year where they went to the Super Bowl. So it could be an interesting matchup with those two. Yeah, I mean they clearly work well together. Uh, whether you know, if even if you're not a massive fan of what Gettleman's done so far, clearly what they did worked when they were in Carolina. So. Uh, you know, look at that success and have faith in it being uh, possible to recreate it. One hundred percent. Yeah, uh, just touching again. Sorry, what you were saying, Sam. Uh, agree with the man management stuff. I think you saw even from the. Oh, a very good man. Sorry, um, Wes. I think sorry, Wes. We just lost you there yeah. for a second. Sorry. Just... Yeah, I was just saying. Um, can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, please. Yeah. Uh, do you just go and touch on what you said about man management? You had all the Panther players coming out on Twitter or saying... ...for them. So Sorry, you're actually right there. what you're saying about the man management. You there, please? Oh, dear. It appears we are having some technical difficulties. So, connection issues. Are you, I'm back. Can you hear me? Yeah. yeah could you, you. Uh, could you just make that point again? Sorry, Wes, for the third time. Sorry, so, yeah. Uh, so, just agreeing with what you said, Sam, about the man management stuff. Uh, all the all the Panther players coming out on Twitter with support for him, saying uh, that you know, he's, and they were all gutted that he left. Yeah. Great. I, Got it there in the end. Yeah, I just, I just think that's a, it's such an integral thing for us. We, we've obviously got quite a young team and that. And uh, I think a, a big part of the issue is clearly we need to we need to sort of fix the culture as well. And I think he has the capability to do that. Yeah, he's definitely a, a, a sort of strong-minded coach who, you know, sort of asserts himself. And uh, I feel like that is exactly what we need right now. Um, speaking of the other main candidate that whose name is obviously getting thrown about uh, is Matt Rule, and I, I just wonder on both of your feelings uh, regarding Matt Rule. 
Um, well, yeah, obviously he's done a very good job with Baylor in uh, in the Pack North, sorry, Pack West um, this season. Um, I, I I feel like I I personally would rather have a guy with NFL experience, but mm-hmm. um, I but I wouldn't I wouldn't rule him out. Excuse the pun. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I think, yeah, it's a good shout. So he, even at Temple, I think he turned those around within three years as well, didn't he, before that? Um, so I mean, he's shown that he can turn teams around and he's been with the Giants before. I think he was offensive line assistant coach uh, under Coughlin in yeah. 2012. So he's, you know, he's got some ties. He was actually brought up in New York as well. So he has got some ties there. It's whether, and again, I think, You've got to look at who the GM's going to be. If Gettleman's still there, is he going to allow Rule to bring his own people? Because the interview he went for the Jets was more or less nailed on until he said he wants to bring his own people. And the Jets weren't having any of that, which is why that fell through. So I've read a couple of interviews with him as well. and And he said if he's going to fail or he's going to win, it's going to be with the people that he wants to be there with him. Um, So... Again, that comes into it. Okay. But see, I, I can actually respect that about the man, to be fair. Absolutely. I mean, if you're going to fail, you're going to fail on your own terms. And I, I think that takes bravery. Um, you're right. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at his record, and you're absolutely right, Wes. He fixed Temple, and he fixed Baylor. And you got to bear in mind, with Baylor, when he came in, like, that was a me- Like, in terms of the sexual assault scandal and everything, it was... I mean, it was close to the Penn State scandal in terms of, like, just how far-reaching it was and everything. So, to come into that situation... And the other point of context I, I'd provide with Baylor as well is... Yeah, Art, uh, Art Browse had done a good job, um, but the, the context with that as well is he had three years where he had RG3 power in his offense as well. So... For Matt Rule to come in and, like you said, I mean, it's his second season. He's gone 11-1 and one and he's now in a championship game with Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. He does have slight NFL experience in that he was O-line assistant coach under Coughlin. Mm-hmm. Um, I, again, I look at him and similar to what I was saying with Rivera, I think he's, he's evidently shown he's got the, the personality and the... Um, just the leadership qualities to turn programs around and sort of change the culture within uh, teams. Um, so I think that is a positive, but you can't rule out what um, Ollie is saying in terms of he doesn't have the, the requisite NFL experience that other coaches would have. But obviously he had the Jets interview last year and I believe the Colts interviewed him as well. So, Teams are looking at him strongly, so I think he is one of those that will be in an NFL head coaching position sooner rather than later. Uh, it's whether it's whether the Giants are prepared to take that step because, like you say, Wes, um, the Jets weren't prepared to let him have his own people, so are the Giants. I, I personally, if, I, if I'm the owner of the New York Giants at the minute, I'm cleaning house. I'm saying... Yeah, if you want your own people in here, you have your own people in here because whatever we're doing at the minute clearly isn't working. Mm-hmm. But yeah, exactly. It's, it's not as if anyone on the current coaching staff has shown any indication that they deserve to keep their job. So I'd be perfectly happy if he wanted to bring in a whole. But is staff. he? But is he just talking about his coaching staff though, Ollie? 
Or is he talking about his scouting people, his strength and conditioning people? Is he talking about wholesale people? That, mm. That's what that's what you got to ask yourself. Uh, I mean, even then, I've st- like if 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 we decide that he is the guy for the job, I feel like that is worth changing it for that. One hundred percent. I'm a big fan of him, mate. I and I I personally feel if because the way the NFL works so much is put on the head coach when the team is bad it's on the head coach it's either the head coach or the quarterback normally so I think if you're going to hire a guy give him his people like because not if you're in a situation where you're needing a new head coach clearly something's seriously gone wrong so if he's saying he thinks it's gone wrong at all levels and he wants his own people why is that a problem yeah exactly there's uh you know like like you said uh, there needs to be a change of culture and what better way to do that than just clear out and uh, bring a whole new group of people? Yeah, I think he has definitely, if they want him in, they have to let him choose. I still think that comes down to whether Getterman's there or not. I mean, I think Getterman even said when Shermer came in that they want an adult in the room um, and that he won't he won't employ someone like Rule, I don't think, anyway. He'll, he'll want someone with experience if he does. But the only thing I yes. would point, the only thing I point to you guys again is from Steve Tish's quotes. Um, John Mara and I are going to have to get together and discuss the future. As partners, we have to be very honest with each other about where we see this team going into the 2020 season. Now we've seen, we've seen for several years a total disconnect between the reality of where we're at and what the owners and the uh, front office think the team is at the, going into this season they, they were saying we were going to have a rebuild whilst competing like uh, Seattle had done the, uh, the year previously when in reality we're a 2-10 and 10 team um, they've talked about at the end of last season they were saying um, they were seeing positive things because we won the last five games when there wasn't we, for the most part we played garbage teams so my, my hope is there's going to be some seriously frank con- conversations about where this team actually is because we're in the point of being in the darkest days of Giants football history, really. Um, and you'd have to say at, at some point they're going to have to be grown-ups about this and face the reality of what what needs to change about this team. Yeah, I mean... the. Uh, there needs to be massive changes at the end of the day. Is uh, you know whether whether they decide Gesserman is one of those changes that needs to be made as well uh, will be interesting. But um, yeah, just what they need to do something different because it's clearly not working. Yeah, agree. Yeah, should we uh, should we talk about a positive note now, boys? Um, Carl Banks is up for the Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Yeah, it's nice to see. I mean, obviously he deserves it. Uh, hopefully he gets in. Um, yeah, like, it's just uh, nice to see that uh, that team being honoured in the way it should be. And, uh, and Carl Banks obviously was a massive part of that. Yeah, I think he'll, I think he'll be in first go. Like then get named all team player of the 1980s and then I think not getting first time I think he's I think he's nailed on for it. 
Yeah, one hundred percent. I think the only crime is that uh, his nomination hadn't come before this. Like, yeah. um, it's took this long, sort of thing. But yeah, uh, like you say, I mean, that nineteen eighty six defense is perennially ranked one of the greatest of all time. Um, I mean, like you, you can name anyone in there. You could. I mean, everyone talks about Lawrence Taylor, but you had Carl Banks, you had Harry Carson. Uh, I mean, Gary reasons, reasons as well. As well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean it was one of the greatest defences of all time and Carl Banks was a massive part of that. Um, people forget a lot of what Lawrence Taylor was able to do was because of the intelligence and the discipline of Carl Banks on that opposite side. Um, he allowed Lawrence Taylor to almost be that um, wrecking ball that he was. Um, but I just, I mean, when you look at his history as a New York Giant, I mean, just the... I mean, the championship game with um, the Redskins, like, or even the game before that where we held Montana's 49ers to three points. Like, yeah, just, that's the one. Yeah. Just, I mean, that that was the greatest era of the New York Giants, and uh, yeah. he was a massive part of that. So, yeah. I think when you have a defense that um, changes the way that defenses play and the way that NFL's played, I think it deserves all the recognition that you can get. Yeah, exactly. Just some, you know, absolute great beats from that team, obviously including uh, a couple of Super Bowls. It's incredible. Just yeah, if we just lift that team and put it into now, that'd be great. <laughs> I, I I'd still argue I'd put any of those guys in at linebacker ahead of any of the guys we got now, and I oh, bet they not, do a better job. It's not I'm even telling great. you, even yeah. at this age. <laughs> yeah, take take Carl take Carl Banks out of that analyst job he's got for the Giants. Put him on the field. I'm telling you now. He'd, he'd do a better job. I really believe it. Honestly, I feel like Lawrence Taylor's probably taking enough drugs in his life so that his body was st- still think it still feels perfectly fine when he goes out and feel. He'd, yeah. he'd probably, yeah, he could still do a number, I reckon. He'd get you like, he'd get more sacks than probably some of the other guys we got. Oh, uh, honestly, the, that is the real question. Lawrence Taylor or Chase Young, who do you really want for, for the next few years as a New York Giants? <laughs> I think I'll take Chase Young at this point to be honest with and I think that just about wraps us up for this week uh, it's great, been great having you with us guys and uh, we'll see everyone next week excellent Yeah. cheers guys cheers thank you take care